Okay. Um, just want to ask what time. Okay, so it's important. Okay. Oh, yeah, six, yeah. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, no, this is, this is great. Is yeah, no, what can I say? Rick Godwin says that you have a Bible the size that, that would choke a donkey. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Okay. Morning, everyone. Right in the back there. Hi. Good to see. I can't see very well. So I know there are people there, but I can't really see too much. But um, it's good to be here. And thank you so much for the invite. This is hilarious. Okay, let's just get it right down there. I don't need to worry about it too much. <laughs> um, yeah, my name is Tanya McKinley, and I come from the east coast of uh, KwaZulu-Natal in South Africa. It's very warm there which is why I'm wearing about 20 items here to keep me warm today. Um, and uh, we were leading a church, and now I am part of the leadership team um, in that same church. So they very kindly didn't put me out to pasture. They said, no, we need you as well, so that's where I am. Oh, you're a star. Gosh. You see, that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so the couple that were, so I've been given free reign, guys, so I'm just going to go ahead. So the couple that were standing here, yeah, you two, I really got a sense for you, sir, that God is enlarging, you don't have to go to the gym, because God is enlarging the shape of your shoulders, because he's wanting you to carry a heavier load. There are going to be people that are going to come alongside you, even in the new place that you're going to, that you're going to have the privilege of being able to minister into. Don't think you're going to just sit back and now just have babies and have fun. Um, God is uh, God is going to use, he's going to be using you, uh, friends. He's going to be using you, and you're going to have people that are going to come and stand alongside you, and that they're going to come and they're going to find respite in your home. They're going to find respite around your table. They're going to find respite where, wherever you are, and they're going to find a place of safety. I feel like you're a, you're a couple that bring safety into people's lives. And uh, I, I, you're going to suddenly find an awful lot of people that are going to suddenly need your, your ministering. And so I want to really encourage you in that. Don't, don't think <clears throat> you've done and dusted. Allow God to work with you because I really believe God's got so much more for you. You haven't even thought about what God has still got for you. Does that make sense? All right. Okay, so guys, um, I really just felt for this church too. I really had a, a before I get started. Are you all right? You all come. You got your co- popcorn. <laughs> Are you allowed to have popcorn in church? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's what you should do. I tell you what, you'll have all sorts of people coming along. Okay, but I want to just read a little <clears throat> scripture if I can find it. I did look it up. Um, no, not Elijah. Yeah, there we go. Okay, it's the story when David goes and he, he goes to the caves of Adullam. And you might have heard about it. Um, it's in 1 Samuel 22. And I'm just going to quickly read you a short little section. It says, David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, 
Everyone who is discontented, do you really want people like that in your, in your church? Because that's who's coming. I really feel God is saying he's going to be sending in the people that are family members, the people that are friends, the people that are your next door neighbors, the people that are discontented, people who are in debt, yes, people who are in distress. People are going to come to this place because they're going to find something of respite here. They're going to find something of of protection here. But I want to encourage you, church, that this is not going to require... Uh, 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 James and Lee doing the work. It's going to require you sitting there in the back row there, in the middle. You're, you're not going to, there's no place to hide. Did you know that? In God's kingdom, he finds us. Even he found Gideon in the wine press, remember? And I feel like he's going to be bringing people who are going to come and sit right next to you. And some of them might even take your seat. You know, isn't it terrible when you get there? You know, us older people, you know, we have our spot. And then all of a sudden, somebody comes and sits in our spot. And, you know, you kind of look at them as though, did they not realize there was a holy anointing on this place and it's only for me? I want to encourage you, church, you're going to suddenly find people coming and people that you you never thought of, people that your neighbors who you have been praying for for years are going to suddenly come through. I really want to encourage you, be expectant, be trusting that God is going to do this work because you're going to suddenly find yourself in this place and it's going to be too small. It's going to be too small. It's going to be too small. Amen. And for you too, I just really felt, uh, James and Leah, I really felt, uh, I know we've spoken a bit, so I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to, to use what, what, what knowledge I've got. But I really got a sense, uh, James, I saw you as a general and I saw you sitting on the, in the, in the, or standing over the maps and over the, the, the blueprints of the area. And I saw you and you were, you were telling the people to move the markers here, there. You were, you were, you were, you were t- commanding others and others were putting the, the, the little, you know, have anyone seen war movies? You all know what I'm talking about. You know, they stand there and they look important and then those funny long things and they move them. That's what you're going to be doing. You're going to be the one that's going to say that they must go there. They must move the, the troops over there. I really feel God has given you a strategic mind, uh, James. It's not just a mind that has kind of grown up and you're just kind of having to work with what you've got. It's a mind that is strategic. And because you've got a strategic mind, I feel you've got to be put into a place where you are able to use that strategy uh, the, the wisest way. And as you do that, uh, I really feel you're going to have people that are going to come alongside you who are going to see something of that anointing on you and they're going to come and get in your slipstream. And so you're going to suddenly find, and I know we've discussed this thing of uh, Edmund and uh, things like that, but I feel like you're going to have people, even people that are sitting here today that are going to suddenly start popping out the woodwork and they're going to suddenly start saying, hey, now I understand this thing. I know how to do work with the young people, or I know how to work with um, uh, difficult old men, or I know. Uh, you, do you have difficult old men here? No, no. Nah, I know it's it's the ones that are still coming. Don't worry. But I really feel that you're going to have people that are going to come along, and you're going to suddenly start finding that you've got a, a, an army of 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 people who can fight with their left and their right. Uh, hands. They're not bound by one. You've got the, you're going to also have those specialists that are going to come along and say, I'm only the sword man. 
or I'm only the shield man, or I'm only the one that 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 marches or looks after the horses or whatever it, it happens in army times. And I feel like you're going to suddenly find yourself being more involved in in strategizing. And I'm, I really feel God is saying, lift up your vision. I feel He's saying, lift up your vision. He's got something very big in this area that he wants to do with you and through you. And he's saying, are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? And, and you're going to find that the, the, the band of, of, of army, the band of your army that you thought were just a bunch of palookas, not these guys, there's other guys that are coming in, <laughs> uh, you're going to suddenly find that they carry such gifting. And all you have to do is just nudge them in the right way. And I, I see with you, you're sitting there and you've got the little post-its, you know, those little bright-colored post-its. And you're sticking the one here and you're sticking the one there. And Lee, you are, you are, you are like, uh, your eyes are, you know, the Bible says that the God's eyes goes to and fro, to and fro. Uh, your eyes are just like that. You're, you're looking everywhere. You're seeing everything. And you're seeing the detail. And I really feel that because of his strategy, your detail is vital. Because you're able to go and say, there is this that needs to be done. There's that needs to be tidied up. But I really get a sense that as you do it, you, you have a, a very connective uh, ability. And I know that because you, we, we're connecting. But I feel like God is saying to you that you're going to find that you're going to, even as you go out and meet people, even as you go into other areas, you're going to suddenly start connecting people. And you're going to see the patterns that God is going to give you. And it's going to be part of the bigger picture. And, and I even feel you're going to identify places. You're going to have an ability to identify certain places and say, this is what we've got to do something here. And, and, and James is going to say, oh my goodness. And you're going to say, no, there's, there's, there's that as well. I, I really feel that as a, as a couple, you're going to work well together in that, in that next season. Um, and I, I really feel enjoy your ride. And guys, give give these guys a good give these guys a good uh, give these guys a good blessing. Bless them when you can. Bless them. You know, it's it's not always easy when you lead a church. I know because I've been there, so I can talk because I'm not in this church. But I just really want to say, just enjoy them and honour them. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to make their beds for them. All it means that you just. Tell them every now and again, hey, listen, we're for you, and, and be for them. Is that all right? Okay, so that wasn't what I came to talk about, but that's just uh, what I felt God was saying. So today I'm going to talk about anointing, and I, uh, I really feel this is um, something that has really grabbed my heart, because I've walked, uh, I've, I've walked and worked in, this, in, in, in church life for many years, and what I see is I see a group of people that very often have been anointed, but they don't realize they've been anointed. They, they, they look at the Bill Johnsons, or they look at uh, whoever else is important in, in the Christian world, like a Billy Graham, let's use him. Um, and they look at that, and they think that guy is anointed. Meantime, God is saying he has put, if you are his, if he, if you are his chosen generation, if you are his child, God has anointed you. Yeah, hallelujah. Isn't that great? I love you, Miss Red. That's it. You go for it. So, Father, I want to thank you, Lord, right now for every single person here. 
I want to thank you, Lord, that they are not, they are not here by default. They are not here by accident. They are here because you have called them in and you have planned and, and prepared them for such a time as this. And Lord, I thank you, Father, for your anointing, which is so generously poured out over every single one of us. That Lord, every single one of us has the potential to do great and mighty exploits for you. Even if it's just praying for someone, that's, that's good enough. And so we, Lord, we just want to bless these people in the name of Jesus. And we say thank you for your anointing. So I want to just give you a little story. Um, there, there is a place in, uh, in, uh, uh, the Mediterranean. It's a place called Turkey. Anyone been there? Yeah, it's most beautiful place. Most beautiful place. And there are, in the book of Revelation, there are seven churches that are mentioned there. Seven churches that God addresses. And uh, we look at that, and they were all situated in that nation, which we now modern day call Turkey. And the Ephesians church were told that they had left their first love. And God warned them. Then there was the church that had compromise and tolerance. They, they, they allowed the things of the world to get into the church and water down what God was trying to do. There was pride. There was idolatry. There was apathy. The one scripture says you're neither hot nor cold. Because you are lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out. So basically get a fire under you. Get a fire in your bones again. And so these people were given a warning. And then the Sardis church of all was told, you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Imagine the indictment. If someone came and said to this church, you have a name that you are alive, but you're dead. None of us want to hear that. And you know the tragedy of this whole story is that if you go to Turkey today, you cannot see any evidence listen to me, any evidence of the Christian church other than buildings that have been taken over and made into mosques. So what went wrong? They had it. They were going in the right direction. They were, they were moving into something and yet somewhere along the line, the world got hold of them and infiltrated them. Something happened where, where, where they got sidetracked Something happened when they allowed things to, to, to influence them that they shouldn't have allowed. And I dare say, and this is just me, I feel some of it was that they had un, forgotten that they carried this anointing, this precious thing that God allows us to carry, every single one of us as believers. And today that, that nation is 95% Muslim, 95% Muslim. It's a tragedy, and it can happen here. Look around you. It can happen here. It can happen here. So the Christians are given Holy Spirit gifts to help us to minister. Did you know that? Yeah. We all have been given gifts. We all are, are uh, able to avail ourselves of those twelve uh, of those gifts that we see, the nine gifts that we see in, in 1 Corinthians 12. We are allowed to, 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 to call upon them. When you're in a difficult place and you need to pray for someone's healing, you need to trust God that he will give you the, the, the gift of healing for that moment. 
You might not have it the next time, but but at least try. Let ask God to to help you. Is that right? Are you happy with that? You're you're ready to walk with that. Okay, but the anointing is given to us to use those gifts effectively. You hear what I'm saying? So so he he gives us the gifts and then he says, but don't worry, I'm going to make it easier for you. I'm going to give you my anointing that's going to enable you to effectively work with those gifts. Isn't that amazing? And so the, the anointing is the enabling through the Holy Spirit to use whatever gift God gives us. I get to use any gift to call on it, to utilize it when I'm in a situation. When I need that word of knowledge, when I need that gift of discernment, when I need the gift of faith. And and we know some people seem to be uh, better off in certain of the gifts. Some people seem to be more uh, easily able to utilize certain of the gifts. And that's not my problem. I just know that I must be prepared to access all of them. I must walk in that anointing and trust God that he wants to use me. Because, you know, look around you. This is Jesus on the earth today. You and I, we are his hands, we are his feet. And so even though we might just be Mrs. Old Me, he still wants to use me. And if he wants to use me, he wants to use you too. Isn't that amazing? Okay, so the evidence, it's the evidence and the power of God's presence with us. That's what the anointing is. And we need to learn to work with it. And, you know, D.L. Moody said this. He said, I am a mover of God waiting to happen. Isn't that nice? I, I, I can go anywhere, and I am a mover of God waiting to happen. So when I'm in the bank queue, I don't know, you don't probably go to the bank anymore, but we... We still go to the bank and get very frustrated there. But I can stand in that bank queue and I can say, Lord, is there anything you want me to say to anyone around here? Is there anyone who needs help? Is there anyone who needs prayer for healing? Lord, show me when I'm walking through the malls and I see someone who looks as though they, they, they're not doing well. I can just go and give them a blessing. Isn't that a wonderful? I, I'm, a, I'm a secret agent for the Lord. I mean, listen here, forget 007 and all of them. I carry something even greater. Isn't that amazing? All right, so what is the anointing? So number one is the equipping. So, so the anointing equips us. And John 15, verse 16, it says this, I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. And whatever you ask, Father... In my name, he may give you. That is what it is. He equips us. Then he enables us. So just in case you thought that wasn't good enough, he enables us. So then it says in John 14, verse 12, it says, He who believes in me will do greater works because I go to the Father. So he's, he is saying, hey, listen, you don't have to worry. I am going to help you to do greater works. You're going to not going to have to do it because you know your Bible better, although that does help. So, so get into the Bible, get to read it, but that's not going to, you can be a brand new one day old Christian and you can carry more anointing than anything that you've ever seen before. I want to encourage you, don't hold back. Then of course there's the empowering. 
So Acts 1 verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses. So one of the things that God does is as he empowers us through the Holy Spirit with that anointing, is that suddenly we are able to witness to people. And listen, you might find that's not the easiest thing to do. Well, just dip into the anointing. Dip into what God's given us and say, Lord, I'm battling a little bit here. Please help me. And he will. That's what he is. That's who he is. Listen, friends. Anyone here a father? Anyone here who's a father? Put up your hand, please. Yeah. Now, if you as a father, when it comes to Christmas, I dare say you might have tried to give your children what they wanted for Christmas. Most of the time. Yeah, not when they wanted a a horse. Not when they wanted a horse, but most of the other time. You know, fathers have this ability to want to bless their kids. They have an ability to want to, 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 to let their kids do things and go further than that what they ever did. So parents that are going to have children, remember that. You as a father want your child to go, to do better than you ever did. You want them to go further than you ever did. You want them to experience more than you ever did because that's the nature of a father. And that's what God himself does to us. He says, I want to make you, make you successful. He says, I do not want to set you up for failure. You hear that? So each one of us have been set up for success. Okay. So now we have different types of anointing. Because this is also something that we get a bit confused about because we've got the Old Testament, we've got the New Testament, and where do we fit in? Okay, so first of all, and listen, friends, I'm just giving you a bit of a teaching today, all right? I'm just kind of just setting a platform for what God wants to do with you into the future. So the first type of anointing you find is the medicinal anointing. So anybody here who's had a, a, a sore muscle and you have to put imb- some imbrication stuff on, smelly stuff normally, anyone like that? You know, you, you've, you've got a sports injury and you have to put something that would, that would ease the pain. Yeah, that's right. So, so that is medicinal anointing and, and that's just something you would use to make a person better or, a, or an animal or whatever it was. Then you have a ceremonial anointing and that is for a specific office so they would smear it or they would spread it and they would put it on the articles like in the in the tabernacle they would anoint things they would anoint the the showbread and the this and the that and the whatever whatever was there and so that is that kind of anointing it's a ceremonial uh, anointing and even people would get an anointed with that Then you get Aaron's anointing, my personal favorite, because Aaron's anointing is roughly, uh, do you work in gallons or liters here? All right. Okay. For the, for the, for the metric guys, Aaron's anointing is five liters of anointing oil poured all over him. Anybody want to? Come and get done here. I've got five liters of oil here. Do you want to be anointed? <laughs> I can't think of anything worse. Anyway, if you're into gallons, it's apparently 1.32 gallons. So it's quite a lot. And we know in Psalm 133, it says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is 
when brothers dwell together in unity, it says it's like the oil that pours out and it drips out over everyone. Remember, it drips out down through over Aaron's beard, gets into the clothes, into the hair, it gets everywhere. In other words, it covers everywhere. Then, of course, you have the fourth one, which is the perfume, which is the refreshing. And that you find in 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14 to 16. It says, but thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. I love that. And through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. You and I, when I walk into a room, when you walk into the room, well, when I walk into the room, I carry and I spread that fragrance. Just as when Jesus walked into the room, he would spread a fragrance. I do that too. So for the one, we're an aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? And that, my friends, is like the believer's anointing. That I carry this thing. I get to carry it. So in the Old Testament, you had certain anointings. And in the Old Testament, you had the prophet, the priest, and the king would get anointed. They had specific offices. And even if I dare say Lucifer was was uh, was anointed, because he was the anointed cherub um, until he fell foul of God and he was kicked out of the kingdom. But he knows what it was to be the anointed cherub. And let me tell you, friends, he is very angry that you and I get to carry that anointing. He is extremely angry that we get to carry that anointing which he used to have because he knew what it felt like. He knew what it meant, and he doesn't have it anymore. Then, of course, we know that Jesus was anointed, prophet, priest, and king. And then in the New Testament, we have a different anointing, which is called the believer's anointing. And the Old Testament anointing normally came at certain times for certain offices or for certain situations. In the New Testament, the believer's anointing is given to every believer. Every believer. And it abides or it remains in us and is ready to cooperate with us. The trouble is, guys, we put it in the back pocket and we forget about it. And then we go into a situation and we're saying, oh my goodness, I don't know what I'm going to do. Meantime, hey, if I only opened my wallet and got out my anointing money, that would be the answer. But so often we don't realize we're carrying it. We forget that we're carrying it. And so I want to encourage you today to try and remember that you carry this anointing wherever you go. 1 John 2.27 says, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. It doesn't come and go as whatever the ceremony is. It is with you all the time. And then 2 Corinthians 1 verse 21 to 22 says, Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who has also sealed us 
and given us the spirit in our hearts as a deposit. Dadush. So I've got the government stamp of, of heaven right here. I've got the seal of promise right here on my forehead. Well, I don't know if it is on my forehead, but uh, I like to think there. So that when I walk into a situation, it's there. And I'm, I've got to remember that I'm part of God's kingdom. So God wasn't, won't require us to do something he hasn't equipped us to do. Did you know that? So the dear old pastor says to you, please go to the hospital and pray for, for granny so-and-so. And you're sitting there saying, not in a million years. I have, what am I going to say to them? How can I? No, 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 no. I must get somebody who knows what they're doing. No, you just go along and you pray your best prayer. That's all you need to do because you carry that anointing. And when you carry that anointing, the anointing goes with you. And so you go and pray for granny. And then leave the results up to God because he's the one that's got to do it. We can't, we can't manipulate anything, but we can be obedient and that's what we got to do. All right. You happy with that? Okay. Let's carry on. So what does the anointing achieve? And I'd like to read Isaiah 61, which as I've said before is my favorite scripture. So let me see if I can find it. Oh, no, never when I, we're never there when I want it, hey? All right, there it is. Okay. All right, I'm reading from the New King James, if that's all right with everyone. It says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Now, he's talking here about Jesus. But when Jesus went, he says, You are going to do greater things. So he said, I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit and he will enable you and empower you to do better things and greater things. And so we take this scripture and we appropriate it into our own lives because we are covered by the blood of Jesus now. So we are righteous with him. We are walking in line with him. And so it says to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified, and they shall rebuild the ancient ruins, and that they shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. And it goes on, and I'm just going to, and it ends with this in verse 7, instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. That's part of the anointing that we get to carry. The anointing also brings joy, it breaks yokes, it brings healing, it releases authority, it helps our weaknesses, it releases the true priesthood, it causes, am I getting through to you here? Do you see how important the anointing is? It causes healing of painful memories. It gives us knowledge. It brings the supernatural into play. It teaches, it attracts, it persuades people. If you leave the house in the morning, make sure you go with the anointing on you. Make sure you have the Holy Spirit with you. Do not leave home without him. 
I, I, I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. And you thought it was only the frozen chosen who had the anointing. Yeah, I know. You think, okay, we'll call, we'll call in James. He can pray. We'll call in James. He can do. Well, I want to say right now, I'm setting you free. <laughs> I'm setting you free to be the one God's called you to be. I'm saying God is saying he has anointed you, church, to go into all the world and preach the gospel, yes, and to raise the dead and to heal the sick and to proclaim the liberty and the year of the Lord's favor. That's what we get to do. Isn't that a wonderful? I just get so excited. I'm sorry, but I get excited when I know what I can do in God. Because suddenly it takes me out of normalville and to supernaturalville. And I walk in that place instead of just down there. I can be ordinary any day of the week. But I want to live in a supernatural, extraordinary place. I don't want to sit in just Gray Street anymore. I want to sit in Technicolor excitement again. Okay, so the three main categories of the anointing in the New Testament is the believer's anointing, which I've said for all of us. Then we also have the corporate anointing, which what happens when we all get together. Suddenly, as we worship, very often we suddenly see things start happening. Why? Because we're united. Why? Because God works well when we are united front. And as we unite under worship, the anointing seems to touch all of us much better than when we're just on our own. Doesn't mean you can't be on your own. It just means that there is a, this is a different anointing when we're together. And then, of course, we have the ministerial anointing, which is the Ephesians uh, 4 gifts that are given to the church. And those are people that are given, the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist. Those are specific offices which are in the the form of people that get given to, to help build the church to maturity. So they come, those are the guys that come in and they look at the foundations and they say, gee, your healing foundation is looking a little bit, no, let me not say healing. Let me say rather evangelism. Your evangelism foundation needs a bit of shoring up and then they teach into that thing and they stir the people and they, 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 they empower the people and the people learn a little bit more and they grow a little bit more and they become a little bit more mature in that area. And that's what they do. So they're not here forever. They just come in and go and then off, you, off they go and then they leave you to now get on with the job. And so that's the ministerial anointing. But why don't we see this anointing all the time? What is the problem that you and I do not see it? And, and I have to confess, even in our church at home, it's not like we're all walking on cloud nine, I must tell you. We have normal days as well. You know, those get irritated with everybody days. And one of the things is religion, routine, or getting in a rut will quench the anointing. What do I mean by that? Anything that's just like come day, go day, let's do it the same day. That kind of thing. That uh, seems to quench the anointing. Rebellion. Whenever there's rebellion in the ranks, the anointing gets affected. Uh, fear of man. When you're sitting there and you're too scared to get out your seat because you're thinking, what will they say? That quenches the anointing. And you're unable to move because of that fear. Or the lack of zeal. 
Um, when I was at when I was at children's church when I was a little girl, I went to a, a traditional church, and uh, the one year I was given a, a book by my children's church teacher, and on the front had uh, uh, specific names, t- uh, initials T, which was my name, and then it had a scripture. And then my surname was Fun Sale, V A N, and then a second word Z Y L. And so I had three of these pictures on my book. But the best one was right at the very bottom was a Z, because it spoke about zeal. And I liked that. When I got that, I thought, that's me. And so ever since then, I'm prepared to walk in zeal. I don't want to be just kind of Mrs. Ordinary. I want to, I want to live life, as David Jeremiah says, full ball, Pedal to the metal. I want to live my life like that. I don't want to live in Gray Street and just ordinary in ordinary zone. So that's what the zeal does. It stirs us up. Giving more than we can receive. Uh, when we are giving out, and this is especially for people who are ministering, when you give out more than what you receive, then the anointing can be affected. So that's why we need to constantly top ourselves up. Okay. You still with me? All right. Okay. Up there in the back. Are you still there? Radio. Okay. So then we have the anointing from God. It says 1 John 2 verse 20. It says, but you have received an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. So our anointing comes from the Holy One. And then as I've said already, and I'm going to read it again, verse 27, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. The anointing is always poured over our head. In other words, over what I see, over what I hear, over what I think, over what I say, and even over what I smell, I suppose. So that's the anointing. It covers us. The anointing is also poured over our garments. Who I am. If I'm Farmer Joan, then the anointing goes over my, 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 my job description. Whatever it is. The anointing is also poured over my hands. The anointing, what I do, what I use my hands for, to love or to hate, the anointing is covering those hands. And then it goes over our feet, which is where I go. The anointing covers me from head to toe. And it shows that I am to be submitted to God's plan. And if you remember in Second Timothy, and I'm not going to read it, but Timothy was told to stir up the gift. And I understand this as with the anointing, we have the Holy Spirit gifts, we have the anointing, and I need to recognize, I need to stir them up. I need to, don't, I don't sit on my laurels and say, okay, Lord, well, if you want to, you can use me. Doesn't work like that, girls and guys. God says, do you want it? And you've got to say, yes, please. And so you activate. You activate it. And so Revelation 1 verse 6 says, he's made us kings and priests of his God and Father. So I, look at me, I am a not a king maybe, I'm a queen. I like to think I'm the queen. So I'm a queen and I'm a priest. Because that's what God says. If you don't really get it, it says I'm a royal priesthood. 
a holy nation. That's me. And if that's for me, it's also for you. So we all get to be part of this holy nation. And and I say, don't say, God, if you want to use me. Rather say, God, here I am. You know, like when you're in class, you know those irritating kids that had all the answers? And when the teacher said, okay, what's the capital of the, let's say, Great Britain? And then that little one was like this. Put up the head. Use me. Listen to me. I'm going to tell the story. That's what we are to be with the, with the anointing. It's like, Lord, here I am. I want to be used. Not, okay, Lord, you know, if you happen to not have anybody else to use. Come on. Come on. Listen. You know what? We get to live the most exciting life. You know, I've got a husband. I had a husband, and he passed away. Now, he can't do anything on this earth anymore. Now, hang. Why not, don't wait until you're suddenly on death's door. Don't suddenly realize that you could have danced when you can't walk anymore. Don't, don't suddenly think, why didn't I go to the nations when you're now bound to a wheelchair and, and you can't, you can't travel anymore. Friends, live life up front. Live life with zeal. Live life with that anointing. Get walking in the anointing and see what God can do with you. Okay. And so how do we release this anointing? So God anoints us. Then our expectancy and our bold faith uh, uh, releases that anointing. It helps us to. So we, we need to step into that anointing. We need to walk into it. Are you expectant and come thirsty for more? Because that's what God is saying. You can have more, but are you expectant? Or are you just like, oh, okay, well, let's just get through this, and then I can go and have my lunch. Oh, no. Listen, I've sat in pews for many years, you know, just about every single Sunday for the last 40-odd years. So I know what goes through our minds. But I want to say right now, God wants to use you and I. And his anointing is there for every single one of us. And the Holy Spirit can anoint us in various ways. He can bring a divine impartation. Through the laying on of hands and through sitting under someone's ministry. And I I'm just feel that Each one of us, each one of us, God wants to use. And I want to say to you, don't wait until tomorrow to to receive this anointing or to walk in it. You've all received it. Don't wait until tomorrow. Seize the day. Seize the day. Even as you walk out of here, ask God to show you someone as you are walking out that you can bless. Someone that you can even say, hey, listen, can I just pray for you? It doesn't have to be anything clever. It's just speaking life over people. Isn't that wonderful? So would you mind standing? I don't know if you do this, but I'd like to pray. Do you mind if I pray for these people? Is that all right? Such a precious bunch of people. Yeah, I had to get you standing, but just in case you were ready to fall asleep. You see. (laughs) So 
So, Father, I want to thank you, Lord, right now for every single person, from the person right in the very back corner there, right right front, right down to the front here. I want to thank you, Lord, for your anointing that rests on every single one of us. Thank you, Lord, that you have not looked at us and said, oh, they're not good enough. They're not clever enough. They're not young enough. They're not old enough. Father, but you have said, my anointing is for every single one of my children. And I pray right now for your anointing to be upon them. I pray, Father, that you will work in every single one of our lives. And thank you, Lord, that you don't say we have to work our anointing in a specific way. You say, I'm going to use the anointing through your personality. So every single one of us has a different personality And every single one of us is able to walk in that anointing in a slightly different way, which makes it for such an interesting, unique combination of people. And I want to thank you for your anointing here today. Thank you, Lord, right from the very top. The anointing that will break every yoke in people's lives. In Jesus' name. And the anointing that calls and calls and draws people closer to you, Lord. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Won't you sit down, please? I just is there anybody here who's never given your heart to Jesus? Who's never said, Hey, listen, I don't know what this is. Please don't run away. You need it. I need you. <laughs> is there anyone here? You you maybe you're here for the first time. I don't know. Or maybe you're watching online. Oh, maybe you're watching online. I'd like to just, would you mind me just, if you're saying, Lord, I want this, do you mind if I just pray a prayer? And then afterwards, if that is you, please go and tell somebody. Don't keep it to yourself because that's what a witness does. They go and tell. So, Father, I want to pray, Lord, for every single person, anyone here who has not yet submitted and surrendered their life to you, Anyone who was running away, going in the opposite direction, Father, I say thank you that they come back and they bow their knee to you. And Lord, thank you that even as they bow their knee to you, your anointing is upon them. Thank you, Lord, that you come in your power and you take us from a dead situation and you make us come alive. Thank you, Lord, this is not just a refurbishing, but this is a totally brand new heart that you put into our hearts. And thank you, Lord, that you make us new creations in Christ Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you so much. Tanya, thank you so much uh, just for that ministry, for that word. Again, you know, these things are always recorded. They're on the podcast. They're, they're on YouTube. They're on Facebook. So, I know there's a lot of information given there today, so I just really encourage you to you know, listen to it again. Let it just massage in. And, uh, cause, you know, when, when God sends different people to us, there's just such an importance in the words that He gives to us. We need to take them seriously. Again, thank you so much for ministering to us today. It's been such an, an honor. We did go a little over time, so uh, do go get your kids. Coffee and cookies, snacks to the back. You know, love one another, you know, connect with one another, pray for one another, and uh, we will, we'll see you throughout the week and back here next week. Have a great week.